Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Great to see all of you. So good to hear your response to last Sunday's sermon and to this initiative, the Step Forward in Ministry that we're taking as a church. You know, Jeff and I wondered how would everybody respond as we began unpacking all of this. And I got to tell you, its response has just been absolutely wonderful, and we're, um, we're really pumped and grateful to God for that. If you missed last Sunday, uh, I would really encourage you to go online and watch all of last Sunday's sermon, uh, service because you, you, you want to stay up with what, what we're doing as we, uh, as we unpack all of this. And then to come back these next two Sundays, uh, I, boy, I mean, if, let me just say that again so you don't miss it, and really come back these next two Sundays because it's... These are, these are significant Sundays for us as a church as we unpack what we really believe is God's vision for Brookside going forward uh, into the future. And uh, so exciting times, really, for us as a church. And I love, uh, I love this My Five for the City that we were all given uh, last Sunday. And uh, I've, where, you know, we, we write down the names of, of five individuals that have been a part of our life that we know we can influence, we can build a relationship with them. Five individuals who really are, are, are far from God. They don't have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And we can, you know, be their friend, build relationships, serve them, become a part of their life, and, and then pray for them each day. And uh, this uh, little deal here, you can actually put up on, on your mirror so you can see it every morning. Uh, for me, I actually have it down where I have my personal time early in the morning of uh, time in Scripture and prayer. And uh, so encourage you to really uh, jump on board with, with doing this. It would be so powerful. Yeah, yeah, Jeff? Yeah. Well, one of the main things that we really want to see happen as we go through these four weeks, and really even beyond that, is that we're just really praying that our entire church has an authentic encounter with God through this. And uh, as we think about that, we are going to continue to pray just this very short prayer that we introduced last weekend, and we're going to keep doing that these four weeks and then even beyond. So let me just show this to you on the screens here. It's a simple prayer, but it says this, Father, would you show me um, what step of faith I can take to live for the city? And so as we think about how we can bless and serve and give to the needs of the city, we're asking, Lord, would you show us what step of faith that we can take? And I want to keep this in front of you on no Sunday, November 8th, um, right here in, in this service. Um, you're all going to be given a commitment card. I want to show you what that will, even will look like. And we'll walk you through that uh, on that morning. But what that card is, and as you fill that out, is what we're asking is that would you go home and um, would you pray? Would you have a conversation with God and just say, God, over and above my regular giving, Lord, what could I give to this initiative for the city to achieve these grand things that have been laid out? Um, and Lord, what, how could I be a part of that? And so if you're married, we'd ask you, would you go home, discuss that as a family, and really begin to pray, how could I be involved uh, with this whole initiative? I um, want to just keep this on your radar, particularly as we approach the end of the year. You can see uh, where our budget's at every week in your bulletin. And as you know, um, we've been tracking well. We've been really blessed the last uh, several months, really, to be in the black. But I'll tell you, we're kind of, we're getting close to the edge a little bit on that. And so want to keep that in front of you because we do want to finish the year very strong. It's important that we make budget. Um, but also we want to keep that in light, keep that in our minds as we really look to this initiative for the city. So yeah, just please keep that in mind. Thank you. Rob. 
Yeah, like Jeff said, a huge part of our initiative uh, is all about prayer. We just know that um, our plans, our desires, our hopes, these things that we feel like God has given us to pursue uh, won't come to fruition without God at the very center of it. So we're just trying to do everything we can to pray ourselves, but then also encourage all of you yeah. to pray for, for the city. So um, I'll talk about the prayer selfies uh, in, in just a second, or the selfie, selfie sticks. We have more selfie sticks for you all. But uh, selfie, uh, prayer selfies have been coming in. It's really cool seeing everybody kind of pray either like at home or uh, at the, your place of work. Encourage you, go sort of drive out, you know, somewhere out of your normal uh, path. And, and we want to see Brookside uh, just cover the city in prayer, you know. So kind of go out, out, of your, out of your normal path and, and maybe go to a place you're not so familiar with and play, pray for that place. Uh, this Wednesday is a, a prayer event. Um, there'll be stuff for the little ones to kind of do to, to stay engaged with the prayer event. But it will be a, a night of, of worship and prayer where we come together as a church and, again, just say, Lord, Here's what we're all about. We're asking you um, to just be the, at the very center of this and lead us through this in a powerful way. All right, so selfie sticks. Uh, if you open your program right now, go ahead and open your program if you have one. Open it all the way up. And if you have a yellow dot at the bottom right of the sort of tear-off section, you have just won a selfie stick. There should be three in the room. If there's not, then we didn't get the ones passed out, but... Then they're in the but, box. Okay, go look awesome. for them. So yeah. Dave got one. That's great. So they're after service, yes, right. awesome guy. So after service, just go right out there to Connection Corner, and uh, you'll be given your very own selfie stick to enjoy. All right. Great. Go. Thanks, Rob. Over the last two years, together with our staff and elders, Jeff and I have been praying about Brookside's future. As we prayed and talked and planned, we sense God's leading Brookside into a new and exciting initiative. We're excited about this new initiative called For the City and what it's going to mean for the church in the years to come, and we can't wait to unpack it for you. I've served with Brookside and been a part of this city for 34 years. At first glance, Omaha is a city of smiling faces, neat city blocks, and tidy suburbs. It has a strong economy, good schools, sports arenas. Most people would agree it's a great place to put down roots and raise a family. It also reveals a different story, a story that's like most cities, a story of loneliness and spiritual longing. It reveals the story of people searching for meaning and significance. It reveals the story of broken dreams, of unfulfilled promises. Yet in the midst of it all, God calls His people by His grace. He calls His church to be right in the center of the solution. He calls His church to be a city on a hill and a light to the city. Conservative estimate tells us that roughly 675,000 people in Omaha do not have a church they call home. That's nearly 80% of our city. It's apparent throughout the scriptures that all people matter to God. As we think about this initiative, we're challenged by two specific passages. The first one is in Jeremiah chapter 29. God is speaking to his people that have been called out, they've been exiled, and God calls them to stay in the city. He tells them to be a blessing to it. He tells them to serve it, to love it, and to pray for the needs of the city. There's a second verse that inspires us. It's found in Luke 19. There we see Jesus weeping for the city of Jerusalem. He's weeping because he knows that the people in it are without peace. Because we're sensitive to the things God cares for, we want to be for our city. We want to partner with God to bring redemption and healing to his creation. To accomplish this, we're taking on an initiative we're calling for the city. This initiative is comprised of three projects. 
The first project is to open a clothing center for kids in need. This will be a new space on our Millard campus that will provide clothing for kids who are in the foster care system. As the ministry expands then, we'd love to be able to serve other families in our community who have financial struggles. The second project is to expand our current facility. We know that we need to provide an environment that's more welcoming to every person who walks through our doors. To do this, we'd like to create a large lobby just inside our west entrance, a place that's large enough for people to engage in meaningful conversation, a place where people are able to connect relationally. The third part of this initiative is for us to open a second campus. This is a step in us moving towards those who do not yet have a church home. As we move closer to their neighborhoods, they are more likely to consider giving church a try. Imagine a church that engages the broken. Imagine a place that's accessible to the hurting and to those who are seeking deeper meaning for their lives. Imagine a group of believers who are connecting with their neighbors and inviting them into a life of redemption and transformation. As followers of Christ, we feel called to provide the resources needed to be that light to the city. That is why we've developed a plan to establish the first of a network of campuses in Omaha. Individually and as a church, we're on an exciting journey as we're learning to live for the city. Well, good morning, Brookside. Good to see you here. Um, you know, I usually when I'm here on the platform on Sunday mornings, I usually wear gray. Today I thought I'd mix it up a little bit, and I want you to know, um, first hour was very spiritual. I thought for sure someone's going to say I wore a Halloween costume, but um, so I'm going to hold second hour here to the same high standard as first hour, but I'm glad you're here. With I am so excited about this initiative. I just dream about the things that we as a church can do, and this is a lot of fun. Uh, to think together about where God has taken us as a church. You know, in that video, Steve and Jeff mentioned uh, that we want to be a church that's living for the city. And living for the city means that we bless it, we serve it, we pray, and we give to their needs. Um, so that's what this whole uh, month is about, really, this four weeks. And today, we're going to focus on serving. How can we serve the city? And a big way we can do that in our community is to build uh, this care center, this clothing center for kids in need. And that's going to be able to offer foster kids real help. And then also, as that's established, we're going to open that up uh, to the broader community uh, for families who are struggling in, um, uh, financially. You know, when the knock comes on the door to remove a child into the foster care system, Child Protective Services is there. And they rush in, and that all happens very quickly for safety reasons. And they don't really allow the, the child to go into their room to get their things, to pack, anything like that. Um, they just take the child very quickly, and they take them in a car, and they take them over to Project Harmony. And then, um, by the way, I just wanted to say thank you again for just blessing the socks off of Project Harmony. They were so overwhelmed with your generosity of giving uh, about $25,000 worth of clothing and food and so forth to help stock their foster care closet. But so when kids are processed into that uh, foster care system, they're able to go to that closet and pick out uh, an item of clothes or a set of clothes to get them through the first couple days. But you can imagine, kids have ongoing needs. I mean, beyond the first couple days and they grow, and seasons change, and there's a continual need for clothing. You may have uh, remembered uh, Stephanie. Stephanie was here about four years ago sharing about her life as a foster care kid. She went to, uh, to Royal Family Kids Camp and got to know us through that. 
And she, um, she actually got removed from her home at age four and then had been through about 30 different homes. And as I was uh, talking with her last week, you know, she said there's, there's some foster care families that are really able to provide for their kids. But many, maybe even most, are struggling financially themselves and they don't always take care of their foster kids like they might even want to. So kids really do have um, a need for clothing. And she said, you know, with all the trauma of having to be pulled out of your home and not really owning anything and having no control over your own life, always moving from one place to ever, never having stability, uh, it means so much just to have a few things that you can call your own and to take with you. And I thought it'd be cool this morning to, to hear a little bit from Stephanie. So let's take a look at the screens and hear her story. My name's Stephanie, I'm 20 years old, and I lived in 32 foster homes from the age of four until the age of 16. And every time that I was removed from my home, a lot of the times I was extremely scared. I had my siblings with me, and we were loaded into the back of the cop cars a lot of the time with just the clothes on our back, and with very little if we were able to take anything at all. We had no idea where we were going, how long we were gonna be gone, if we were gonna stay together, or if we were gonna be separate or even how long we were going to see it was going to be until we saw mom and dad. A lot of the times when you were put in foster care, you weren't, you didn't necessarily have a ton of clothes. Um, there's some placements out there that do a great job at taking care of children financially and making them feel like they're part of their family and that it doesn't matter what stipulations they come from, like they will be loved. And then there's also, as sad as it may seem, is there's some parents out there that do foster care that aren't financially able to take care of the foster children. There's certain times that foster parents, if they buy clothes or toys or books or something, they make you leave them there so that their kids could have them because it's their money. I was always the girl that was whispered about because my clothes didn't fit or they weren't in style or they weren't name brands. Um, and I, it hurt, I would go home and cry because I didn't have many friends because they all knew that Stephanie wasn't at home and that she lived at in different foster homes and they said that I was never wanted and nobody wanted me. Um, and just being able to have the opportunity to go somewhere and get new clothes, whether they may not necessarily be name brand, but they could be in season and they could fit properly, um, would have meant the world to me. I was given a blanket as a foster child, and even now at 20 years old, I still sleep with it and I still have it. Um, and it just means the world that somebody went out of their way to give me a blanket um, so that I felt some comfort while moving from home to home. Just the sense of having something that they can take with them to every foster home um, means the world to children. Um, it makes them feel like they have some control in their life, whether it be a t-shirt that they get to keep. My heart just bursts with joy knowing that here in our own community, within a few years, Brookside's going to offer a care center so that children in the foster care community can feel the love and be able to come in and get an outfit. It just makes me so excited knowing that not only are they going to go home with a new outfit, but they're also going to get to experience the love of Jesus. There's such a huge need in the Omaha foster care community for children to need a place to go to get clothing. Well, welcome, guys. Welcome, Mark. Welcome, Travis. Good to have you here. Yeah, we wanted to interview uh, Travis here. And uh, a lot of you guys know Mark. Mark's been a part of our church, seems like, forever. And um, actually pioneered Royal Family Kids Camp here at Brookside about 12 years ago. And that's where he met Travis. So, Mark, there's some people that are newer to Brookside, don't really know about RFKC yet. 
Tell us a little bit about RFKC and then how you met Travis. Sure. Yeah, Royal Family Kids Camp and uh, TRAC, or Team Reach Adventure Camp, are both national ministries that empower local churches to then reach out and make an impact with uh, foster kids and foster teens in their own community. And uh, we uh, take a team of volunteers every summer out to camp. And the idea is to have a great fun experience that's really encouraging for the kids, but that also pairs that fun with really the idea that God loves them so much and he has a great plan for their life in Jesus. And so we get to do that each summer for the kids. And that's how I met you, right, Travis? Yep. Yeah, a real family. And we've been uh, at camp together several times. And you have a couple older sisters that came through real family and track now too. You're headed to track next summer. But uh, we wanted to uh, take a minute to let these guys meet you. So tell us a little bit about, about your life as it relates to this. Well, when I was little, um, like my mom was doing bad things, like doing drugs and things, doing things that she was not supposed to do. And so my grandma eventually adopted me, and I've been living with my grandma ever since then. Hmm. So you guys, you and your sisters were removed from your mom's house, uh, kind of foster placement with grandma for a while, right? And then she decided to adopt all of you guys, right? And um, I know your grandma pretty well because several summers we've, we've done stuff together with camp. And I know she has a great heart, but something you didn't tell these guys, she's 80 years old, right? And grandma has had cancer, is struggling with cancer still, uh, in and out of the hospital. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been kind of rough in that sense for her. She's given a lot for you guys, I know. But um, part of that also, uh, when I told you about Brookside and the care center idea, you're kind of excited about that. Has that been uh, an issue in your life, like a need for clothes and stuff? Yeah, sometimes, like, my grandma doesn't, either doesn't have the money or is really too sick to do it. Like to go yeah. shopping with you guys and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, were you telling me, has it impacted, like, at school and stuff, or? Um, some, some kids pick on me because sometimes I wear the same clothes over and over again. Hmm. That can't be fun. Yeah, I'm sorry you've had to <laughs> go through that. Um, but I know you were kind of excited about the church idea, have some clothes available and stuff. I know when I've done camp with you and the other campers, uh, it's pretty common for kids to show up to camp registration time, like trash bag instead of a duffel bag or a suitcase, and they've just got kind of their clothes in there. Um, not always the right season of clothes, you know, weather-wise. Uh, oftentimes maybe don't fit that well, holes in the shoes, that kind of stuff. And we try to give some of those things away, can't help kids, just, but that's just that one time a year. Um, what do you think of the idea of kind of being able to? Well, I think like you guys are doing, I think it's cool because parents like that don't have the money or are sick and stuff, they can't go and get uh, clothes, but you, they can go and get clothes from you, hmm. you guys. They're pretty cool, huh? Good. Good. Very cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing, Travis. And and Mark, man, I love uh, what Royal Family Kids Camp is doing to help kids. And so many of you guys have been a part of that. And I'm excited because in three weeks, on November 15th, we're going to be able to share. Uh, actually, the morning is kind of dedicated to unpacking the life of a foster child and how we, as individuals in a church, can do even more, even beyond, above and beyond uh, the care center that we're planning. So um, today, you, uh, Rob directed your attention to that tear-off, that flap in the program. Uh, you know, we're, all, we're talking about serving, and uh, the care center is a big way that we're going to be able to provide, and that's a few years down the road. And we want to be able to do a number of other things as well. So I wanted to point your attention to that, um, that tear-off, because that has different opportunities you can get involved in right away. 
And you can, uh, like every week, that will have something different, not just serving, but other ways you can engage as a Brooksider. And you can tear that off, fill it out, and leave it on the tables as you're leaving. And it's a way for you to take a step, a step of engagement. And then um, we're going to share some things at the end of the service, uh, other opportunities you'll have. But uh, something we've got coming up uh, just in about a couple weeks is Saturday Serve. And that's a way that we can get together and we can help the homeless and also the working poor. And in November, we're going to be uh, building boxes of food to help the homeless. And maybe some of you guys have never been a part of Saturday Serve. It's an awesome opportunity to serve together with other Brooksiders. And instead of telling you about it, I'm going to show you about it. So uh, let's take a look at the screens. Good morning, Brookside. I'm Pastor Les Beecham, the lead pastor at LifeGate Church, and I'm so thrilled to just give a shout out to you all in your For the City campaign. I can't tell you how excited we are in our friendship with you to join with you in this initiative to reach people in the city for the Lord Jesus and for the salvation that He alone offers. Jesus did this. He came to us he didn't wait for us to come to him. You're saying to the city, we're bringing Jesus to you. We're not waiting for you to come to this one site. And I believe this, God will bless this. I wanna pray for you, Brookside Church. I love you so much. LifeGate loves you so much. Father, I ask for every person at Brookside that you would inspire them with your heart for this city and that they would be moved in their prayers and in their financial commitment to say, we are all in for this initiative that you're leading all of us to. Lord, would you give them fruit in a new campus and in this clothing closet would you give them fruit and the fruit of lives that are transformed? Encourage them in every way and let them know we're standing arm in arm with them for the redemption and transformation of the Omaha metro area. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Well, hey, everybody. Good morning. It's, um, yeah, we're uh, very grateful uh, for Les and for LifeGate Church and, and their support. And um, it's, it's pretty neat, actually. There's really a growing movement and kind of a coalition of different churches that are coming together in the city, uh, really with a like-minded goal in mind to reach the city for Christ. And so it's a, it's a pretty neat thing on kind of the city scale of, of what God is really doing in our midst. Um, well, it's so exciting to see all of the things that are happening around here. You know, I was thinking this morning, we have so much to be thankful for, so much to be grateful for, um, just what God's doing, and, um, and beyond that, what God then 
allows us to be a part of is, is so significant. This past week, as, as Steve, Pastor Steve said, it's been a lot of fun, really, just to hear your responses to this whole initiative for the city and, and uh, just to, to, for us to dream and to think and to pray and to, to really say, God, w- here we are. We want to be, we really want to be used by you. Last weekend, we talked a lot about defining moments. Um, we talked about that there are times in our life where we look at it and we say, wow, that was a defining moment. Or maybe we would say, that was a defining season that I went through. It's one of those times that in the midst, you don't really sometimes uh, recognize how significant it is. But as time goes on and as the years pass, sometimes you look back at a moment like that and you go, oh, that was a, that was a defining moment. Some significant, thing hap- some significant things happened. Or you'd say, wow, during that season, oh, that was that was." big. Our hope is that, and our, really our prayer throughout this initiative, is that we'll look back 5, 10, 15 years from now and we'll say, wow, God, at the DNA level, you did something special at Brookside. We'll look back and we'll say, wow, that was a defining season for us as a church where, Lord, you turned up the heat on something that is so important and so valuable to you. We'll pray that we're praying that our impact would be so huge. Um, So this morning, as we unpack yet another piece of this whole initiative, um, I'd love for us to pray together and just ask God to to really lead us uh, this morning. So would you you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you. Um, Thank you that we get to come to this place and we get to worship you. God, we want to say that you are so incredibly worthy. And um, Father, as we look forward um, at all that you have for us, Lord, it makes only sense that we would also look back. And we would, with a ton of gratitude, God, we would thank you for what you've done. Um, Lord, I think of the people that have carried the vision of this church for years and years. I think of Pastor Steve, 34 years of relentlessly keeping a white-hot vision in front of this church. That is no small thing. Incredible blessing. And Father, this morning as we look ahead and as we plan and pray and anticipate, Lord, we just want to ask, Lord, would you be in this place, God? Would you move powerfully? God, would you lead us? Would you teach us? And God, we want to be right in the center of what you're doing. And so, Lord, we commit this time to you, and we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, as you know by now, this initiative for the city, um, we really, with this, we want to turn up the heat on this idea that as a church, we will be an incredible blessing to our city and beyond. And the reason why we want to do that, and we saw this two weeks ago, is that when, when God looks at a city, look, when we looked at the city of Nineveh, when God looks at that city, he says, wow, that's a great city, 120,000 people. When God rolls into, when Jesus rolls into Jerusalem and he sees 40,000 people, what does he do? His heart breaks for the people of the city. Because here's what, here's what we know, and this is why we want to live for the city. Because when God sees a city, God sees people. And when God sees people, that's what's so dear and near to his heart. And so this morning what we're going to do, and my goal really is we're going to open up God's word together. And I want us to talk about exactly how we continue to become a church that we're quick to see, but we're also quick to respond to the needs that are right here in our own city and and beyond. And so today we're going to answer the question, how do we live in such a way that it would be said of Brooksiders, and this really from the vantage point of someone out in the community, That it would be said of Brooksiders, wow, I love that church. I I love Brooksiders. I love the fact that they're they're so relentlessly eager to serve the city. I love the fact that they find ways to be a blessing. I love that they, by their faith, they walk and they're different and, and there's something unique and there's something winsome about those people. We want to be the kind of church that that would so quickly be said of us. 
In Acts chapter 9, we get this little gem, I think, of an inspiration, an incredible picture in just a few verses. And Luke tells the story of this disciple named Tabitha, and it says in the text that she had always been doing good and helping the poor. To sum it up, Tabitha was the kind of woman that she saw a need in the city that she could meet, and so she just, boom, she was a person of action, and she, she took action, and she did it. It was something as basic as making someone a garment, a coat. Um, she saw a need, and she jumped in. She realized, okay, God, you've made me this way. God, you've allowed me. You've given me this gift. Like many of you, you see how God can use your life, and so you just step in, and you start using that, and you see the, the, the joy and the satisfaction that that brings to your own life, and, and it brings glory to your God. Tabitha was that kind of a woman. She said, okay, God, you've given me these gifts, and she began to step forward into God's purposes for them. Well, the story goes on, and it says that when um, ultimately she becomes deathly ill, and then she passes away, and when she did, it was a big deal. They called in the apostle Peter, and then those that had been affected by her life, they gathered around her bedside, and they brought with them, imagine this, they brought with them, and they showed Peter, they said, Peter, look, oh, they mourned, it says they cried in the scriptures over, her, over their loss, and they showed the apostle, the, the apostle Peter, hey, these are the things that, that she made for us. It was huge. When Tabitha died, part of the community mourned. Brookside, if our church was gone tomorrow in a flash, what kind of response would the community have? Our dream is that we would be such a blessing to our city that if we were gone in an instant, that the city would mourn, that they would think of how we contributed so relentlessly to be a blessing to the city, that if we were gone, oh, they would miss such a blessing that we had been. But even more importantly, we want to be the kind of church that the smile of God is on our efforts that the smile of God is on the very things that we're seeking to accomplish, that God looks at us and says, I love the fact that you're caring about the things that I care about, that you're living to serve and to bless people, but you're doing it for my name and for my renown and my glory. And so this morning, we're going to look in the scriptures and we're going to say, okay, how do we do that? How do we become that kind of church that it would be said of us, Oh, they relentlessly bless. And then that the smile of God would be on our, on our church. And so if you have a Bible or if you're looking at an app or, or on the screen here, you can do that as well. We're going to start this morning in 1 John chapter um, 3. And I want to do three very important things with you this morning. I want to start by unpacking for you what I think is a very big challenge in the scriptures. And then we're going to look at, okay, how do we, how do we then achieve that? And then lastly, I want to give you an example of how we see it lived out in the life of someone in the Old Testament. And so first, the big challenge. Um, in the book of 1 John chapter 3, we find a description, I think it's sort of a definition really, of a servant-oriented person. Um, it's, I got to tell you, in this passage, the bar gets set very high. It's not unachievable, but it's high challenge. If you like high challenge, you'll love this passage of Scripture. It's a call to action. And as you know this, as with goes a high calling, as with go, goes a high challenge, also goes high impact. We'll see that. The writer of 1 John put it like this in, in verse 11. He, sa- he writes this. He says, For this is the message you have heard from the beginning, We should love one another. Now, nobody in here, whether you're a follower of Christ or not, um, nobody in here goes, wow, I'm surprised that the Bible would say something like that. But what's happening here is the Apostle John, he's reiterating the fact that from the very beginning, the follower of God, the follower of Jesus Christ should be different. There should be something about them that's not just normal, something something that's different, something that marks them. 
this idea of love is very fitting as we think about this initiative for the city. Because again, we're, we're asking that question, how do we relentlessly bless and love and serve the city? How do we become this church that we believe God is continuing to nudge and to prompt us to be? But the fact of the matter is, um, life is busy, <laughs> honestly. And who has time, right? I mean, who has time? Who has the mental space to think beyond themselves, beyond my own sphere of influence? I know I struggle with that. Life is very busy. Nobody, at least I don't think, if you do, let me know what you eat right before you go to bed. But I don't think anybody ever rolls out of bed and just, boom, they get out of bed and say, I, I, I want to humbly serve other people today. Anybody ever had that feeling? That would be cool, wouldn't it? When John tells us, though, in this passage that we should love one another, here's probably what's going through his mind. He's probably remembering Jesus' words. They're coming to mind because Jesus tells his disciples to love one another in John chapter 13. And right before Jesus does that, he tells his disciples, hey, love one another. And then he gives them, he says, this is an example. He shows them exactly what that looks like. It was a picture that exemplified his humility, and his example of servanthood. And whether you might be even brand new to church, this is an image of Jesus that many people carry with them. It's this picture of Jesus kneeling down before the people that should have been serving him, and instead of being served, Jesus says, I will serve you. And it was an incredible teaching moment. It was a humbling experience. If you've ever washed anyone's feet, you know that's a humbling experience. And then when Jesus finished this little teaching clinic that he did with the guys he makes this powerful statement. He said this, verse 15. There it is. He said, I have set you an example, here it is, that you should do as I have done for you. And they said, very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Jesus saying, the playing field is level. The playing field is incredibly level. And then he says this, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Notice that Jesus doesn't say, if you serve other people, they will be blessed. Now, now, definitely, we know that's logic. That's true. That's a true statement. But what Jesus is trying to do is say this, if you'll just trust me, and if you'll actively live outside of yourself and outside of your own circle and outside of your own comforts and outside of your own desires, if you'll do that, Jesus is saying, you, you will be blessed if you do that. That is a very big promise that we see in the scriptures. Okay, now back to 1 John chapter 3. Um, this is what I believe that the, is kind of the, the basis, the rest of this big challenge. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, John gives his readers, in a sense, a definition of what it means to live and to live and to love other people, what it means to live a service-oriented life. Maybe you've heard this statement before. Um, someone might say to you, well, that's just lip service. And what they're saying is maybe they've overheard a conversation, someone trying to sell you some, whatever it is, and someone guaranteeing something to you, and they say to you, well, that's just lip service. What they're saying is that don't count on that coming to fruition. Don't, the chances of that person actually delivering are very, very slim. That person, they talk a good game, but they're not going to deliver. It's just lip service. John in 1 John chapter 3 is writing and is instructing us in the very exact opposite thing. And so he writes this in, in verse 16. He says this. He says, this is how we know what love is. He just points straight back to Christ. 
Uh, Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. He's saying that the example, the starting place is, is Jesus Christ. Then he says, if anyone has material possessions and he sees his brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Well, what he's meaning is this. If, if you love God and, and, you, and you look around and you see other needs in the community, you, you look and you see people that are hurting, whatever, and that does absolutely nothing to you. And John is saying this. If that's you, he's saying you're not moved by needs He says, question whether you really do love God. And then he goes on and he says this. He says, dear children, it's so beautiful. Like earlier in this chapter, he says, 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 man, you can call yourself a child of the living God. It's amazing. He says, now he addresses us like that. Verse 18. He says, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but, but with actions and in truth. And so the question becomes this. How do we do that? He's saying, don't just love with actions. Don't just say, I love you. World, I care about you. Omaha Metro, you mean a lot to me. No, he says, no, no, don't just say it. Be a person of action. Be a person of of, of truth. Another way to say it is this, that the fruit or the outcome of our lives, what is it? They are our actions. And so then here comes the question. This is so important. How do we do this? How do we live like that? You know, back to our dream, back to our goal, really, for this initiative. How do we become a church that we believe God is calling us to be? How do we step up to the challenge? How do we become the church that it would be said of us if we were gone? Oh, we miss Brooksiders. It would be a big mistake, I think, if we left here this morning and we didn't know how to answer that question, if it wasn't crystal clear to us. And what's cool is that in John chapter 15, Jesus answers this question so well. Because if we're going to do acts of service, here it is, if we're going to do acts of service apart from Jesus Christ, we've got to hear this, we've got to know this. Jesus looks at that and says, if you're going to do it in your own strength, depending on yourself, you're going to do it for your own ego and all that kind of stuff, Jesus says, you're missing it. You're totally missing it. And if you do it in, in that kind of a manner, it will not have the impact that it could if you did it with me. And so Jesus said this, if you want to bear much fruit, If the church is going to be dearly missed, if we were ever to be gone, here's how we would do it. Here it is, John chapter 15, verse 5. Jesus said, he paints a picture, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Um, So imagine that, he's vine, offshoots of the branches, that's us. He says, if you remain in me, meaning if, if if the branches stay connected vitally, the life source of them, if you remain in me and I in you, here it is, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing Notice that he doesn't say, apart from me, you'll get by. He's saying this, on the kingdom front, which is where we want to be involved, he's saying, apart from me, you can do absolutely nothing. I thought this passage was very important to share with us this morning because here's the thing. We could really lean into this idea of living for the city, but if we don't do it in God's power, if we don't do it by his spirit leading us and giving us uh, just the joy and the strength and everything else that goes along with walking and abiding in Christ, if we don't do it with him, we are so missing it. I heard it recently said like this. It says, the, the guy said, the fire to do comes from being soaked in the fuel of what has been done. Meaning this, that when we abide in Christ, when we seek him first, what does it do? It's the fuel. It compels us to action. But it begins with abiding. It begins with being connected to him. And so the big challenge is to do what? It's to love with actions. Not simply with fleeting words. How do we go about it? We abide 
We remain in Christ. We don't fly solo. We're not the kind of church that we're just out doing it on our own. But no, no, we would say this. No, it's the gospel that gets inside of us. And when the gospel gets in us, it changes us. And that leads us. That compels us. And so now I want to give you an example of this. This is from the Old Testament. If you read through the Old Testament, eventually you'll come to the story of this guy named Josiah, a young man. And we first meet him in 2 Kings uh, chapter 22, verse 1. It says this about Josiah. So Josiah was eight years old when he became king. My daughter's seven. She turns eight next month. That scares me to death. Can you think of that? you imagine that? Eight-year-old king? Wow. Uh, so he's eight years old. He becomes king. And he says he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed completely the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. So that's our first introduction to who this guy Josiah is. Fast forward now to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 22. It says this about him. It says, then as king, he, what did he do? He defended the cause of the poor and the needy, and so all went well. And then here it is. Is, is that not what it means to know me, declares the Lord? The reason why I wanted to go to this passage is that so we would see this example, we would see this connection between knowing God and then the fruit of knowing God is looking at the lives of people and being drawn, not to say, hey, God bless you, but the fruit of that being action. And in Josiah's case, what was it? He defended the cause of the poor and the needy, and God looked at his actions and said, isn't that what it means to know me? Put another way, when the gospel comes inside of us, the natural outpouring of that is our actions. The gospel doesn't leave us just sitting, with, sitting on our hands. When the gospel really comes and it changes who we are, it leads us to actions that are motivated by Christ. So what does this mean for us as a church? In this initiative, um, I'm so excited to tell you about this this morning. We're setting out a big goal, something that we're going to be able to keep before us for the next three years, something that's going to help us really put teeth to this whole idea of, of what it means to live for the city, to be a blessing for the city. And, and so we're going to be able to, I'm going to tell you what the goal is here in a second, we're going to be able to track this goal, measure our progress, and I tell you what, it's going to be so fun to be able to celebrate this. And so here it is, over the course of the next three years, our goal is to give our city 30,000 hours of service. Just think about the impact that that would have, 30,000 hours of service over the course of the next three years. Now we can reach this goal if each person serves our city one hour per month. And this could mean participating in, in, in something that's a Brookside-sponsored uh, event, or it could be something entirely on your own. Uh, the, the, the spectrum is so wide. It could be picking up trash at a local park. It could be volunteering at a local hospital. The options are limitless. One guy in our church, he's currently just on his own. He serves college international students each week. He's making a huge impact in the city. We have people volunteering their time to assure women's center. Uh, we have several people volunteering at local schools. Uh, currently, there are about 20 people who serve regularly down at the Open Door Mission. They're making an impact. It's all on their own. If you need to get some ideas as we think about and as we look at and we say, wow, God, would you help, each, help me be a part of that? Um, you can go to our website, brooksideforthecity.net, and there's a, a button there that you can push on called Serve, and it'll take you to some ideas. But I want to highlight for you just two of them um, this morning. The first one is this, it's, I mean, we've done this before, it's called Coats for Castellar. Um, through uh, now, really through November 15th, 
um, we're going to have this opportunity to help kids in our community be able to have just as something we can serve our community in such a simple way just by getting a kid a coat. Um, we've partnered with this school for years now, and, and it's been a neat thing to see the blessing this, that this is in this part of our city. Um, it's been in the past, uh, we've given these coats away, and sometimes a kid will come back to school, and then the day after they got a coat, and their teacher will say, why aren't you wearing your coat? We gave you a new coat yesterday. And the kid will say, well, my brother at home, a little brother doesn't have a coat, so I gave it to him, you know. And, and so we're just reminded, oh, man, this is, this is a need in our city that we can meet. I mean, it's sad when these teachers say, wow, these kids aren't coming with a coat on to school in December. They're coming with an oversized sweatshirt on. That's a need we can meet. Um, the next thing I just want to mention to you is what we're calling urban plunges. And our urban plunges, you're going to hear more about these, but we're going to offer three of these coming in the spring. And what this is, is this is a weekend-long experience where you will be able to partner with six different organizations in the community. And what it is really is it's a way for you to get a taste of what does it mean to serve the community and different organizations. And the hope is then you'll be able to, you'll realize, okay, I can, I can still connect with this group. And so it'll be a way, really a launch pad for you to be able then to go back and, and wherever God kind of moves and leads you with your gifts and talents to be able to re-engage. So those are going to be three powerful weekends to partner, again, with these different organizations. Again, we want to be a church that we just don't say, hey, God bless you, city. We say, wow, okay, call to action. We've got, we got people. Let's, let's do this. Um, I got to do a couple of these weekends, these urban plunges with students several years ago, and a phenomenal experience. So I encourage you to look into that. In addition to that, I can't tell you how exciting and how much of a God thing it is for us to potentially be able to open a care center for kids in the foster care system. Proverbs chapter 31 verse 8 says, speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. Think about that. That's in scripture. Speak up for those who can't speak for themselves, meaning be a voice for them. Be a loud voice. Don't be quiet on the, the group that's vulnerable and that can't speak up for themselves. Be a loud advocate for them. They're near and dear to the heart of God. So this is going to be a new, new space created right here on our Millard campus, and it's going to offer free or reduced price clothing for foster kids. As the ministry expands and we hope to extend this service to other families in our community that are struggling financially. But imagine this. Imagine walking out of those doors. That hallway will be extended and it'll be double wide. And then imagine walking by this care center. You'll be able to see it every time we come in and out of this room. You're going to walk by this care center and it's going to communicate a big, bold step that Brookside took. It's going to remind us that we want to be a church that truly cares for the needs of our city. You know, if we look at the life of Jesus, it's obvious that he cared for the poor and the vulnerable. Um, Jesus moved towards them with compassion. The scripture tells us that we're to care for orphans. The scripture says Christians are the ones that should be caring for orphans. In our city, get this, there are 1,700 people in the kids in the foster care system, Brookside, that is the modern-day orphan, right in our own city. And the privilege it is that God is saying, hey, man, through a lot of different circumstances and, peoples and, and people and just open doors that God's giving us, he's saying, Brookside, you can walk through this door and you can be a part of that. And you probably know this, Brookside's been engaged with helping foster kids for a number of years. It's been so cool. We've been able to be a sponsor church for Royal Family Kids Camp and track camps and 
And, um, and we've, now we're sponsoring foster care training. We recently became a sponsored church for, for safe families for kids. And basically what that does is it, sa- it says, hey, we want to help these families before things get destructive and abusive. It's an incredible program. We're being get to give a vital part of that. As John said this morning, when you put yourself in the shoes of a kid in, in, the, in the foster care system and they're taken out of that home abruptly, it is a traumatic pair of shoes to be in. When abuse and neglect are reported, authorities remove a child quickly. Oftentimes, that kid doesn't have time to grab their clothes. Add to that the trauma of these kids then being processed and put into the foster care system. I tell you what, we are so fortunate. We have Project Harmony just up the street, an incredible organization. So cool to see this partnership that we're beginning to form. But these foster kids, what they're doing, oftentimes they're entering into a new school with one set of clothes. A season changes, the kid grows, they continue to have a very real need for clothing. This care center for foster kids, I'll tell you what, the thing that I'm so excited about it is this. We're going to be able to treat these kids with dignity. Don't think like a messy thrift store. Think of these kids walking into a space that looks like, whoa, you guys really thought about, you, you, gave your, you gave your best to this. Because here's the thing, and this is what excites me the most. These kids have been thrown a lot of curves in their lives, things that are totally out of their control. But if they can come to a place and they can realize, okay, I am known, I am loved by my God. And they can know there's a church in my community I didn't even know about. There's a church in my community that cares deeply for me. I'll tell you what, that's incredible. What a thing, I mean... You know, we did that series called I Love My Church. I think many of us are going to have our biggest I Love My Church moment when that thing opens. It moved me to tears this morning thinking about what's it going to be like that first Sunday morning, walking down the stairs and just realizing it's open. The care center's open. We're meeting the needs of the 1,700 kids in our community that are vulnerable. It's going to be amazing. You know, after we've gotten a year or so of experience, as John said, we hope to expand the reach of this care center, um, really to impact our, neighbors, our neighborhood right around the church to help more families that are struggling financially. When this happens, the store is going to keep its vision of providing kids' clothing. And so you might ask the question, though, Jeff, is, is there really a need in this area? I mean, right around the church, is there really a need? Absolutely. In an elementary school just blocks from here, just bro- blocks from Brookside, Nearly 50% of the kids are on free or reduced lunch. That means that these families are struggling financially. There's another elementary school that's very close to Brookside that is in the exact same boat. There is a need right here in our own neighborhood. Our kids attend one of those schools. And Christina and I would tell you, we love that school. But the needs of these kids are evident. This care center has the potential to be such a blessing in our city. I want to close with just kind of leaving you this picture. You know what it was like when, when you went to the pool as a kid? And, you know, you kind of went with maybe a group of friends. And, and oftentimes what happens when you go to the pool, particularly on like maybe a cool day, is, is somebody will kind of, you know, they'll, they got their shoot on there and they'll walk over to the, the edge of the pool and they'll just kind of dip their toe into the water. You know, little ripples made and they dip their toe in. They're just kind of checking it out, just seeing if the water's going to be okay. But then there's always that person, isn't there, that is kind of like, man, why are you guys taking it so slow? And they just stand back and all of a sudden, it's usually the person that knows where the detention room is in the school, you know. And but they just stand back and they just take a run for it and they just throw their legs into the air and boom, they hit a big cannonball, big splash, and everybody laughs and smiles and, 
And they're like, wow, I wish we would have just done that. Brookside, I just want to say to you, it is going to be such a privilege because here's the thing. We are not the kind of church that we're just going to dip our toe in the water. We're not that kind of church. We're not looking to just make a little ripple. It's such a privilege to be a part of a church where we're saying, no, 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 we're jumping in. We want to be a people where we're not just, hey, God bless the city. We want to be a people that we're making a wave where the city, if we're gone one day, the city will say, I miss Brooksiders. Because there were a different kind of people. There was some, the Spirit of God, it was definitely alive in them. And then they, they loved and they led by their actions. That's the church that we want to become. And I got to tell you what a privilege it is to be a part of that. Imagine it, 30,000 hours of service to our city. Imagine walking out of here and seeing a care center. We'll be reminded of it every week that's caring for the needs of the city, that's saying, you're voiceless. We will not stand silent. We will help you. And then we'll identify the next group, and we will continue to try to be a bigger and bigger blessing to our city. Imagine it, a group of people not out on their own, not saying, in my own strength I can do this, but imagine this group of people that there's a smile on their face because they're abiding in Christ. They're connected to the things of God, and they're saying, in God's strength, and in God's power, and in the joy that I find in serving in, with my God, oh, that's how we're doing it. We're not doing it on our own. Imagine that, 30,000 hours of service, a care center, and a group of people that are saying, we're abiding in Christ. And so it's really not a big question mark for us, honestly. It's saying, wow, when we abide in Christ, then we care about the things that our God cares for. Church is a big vision. Um, it's exciting. It's kind of scary, actually. Um, but it just it seems like it's right and that the heart of God would say, I care for things like this. And so let me do this. Let me pray um, for us that God would just continue to lead us and give us the courage to pursue it. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, um, we want to be the kind of church that we are a God-honoring force for the kingdom of God. God, we don't want to make a little ripple. We want to make a statement that our God is so great. We want to make a statement that the grace of God that you've put in us, God, it overflows. And it, it says, God, do I want other people to experience the joy of who you are. And so, Lord, would you lead us, Lord? Would you help us to ask for immeasurably more than we can think of or imagine? And then, Lord, we pray that simple prayer this morning. Lord, would you help me take a step of faith as we live for the city? Lord, would you tell me, what, what is my step of faith as we live for the city? Father, we love you, and uh, we pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen, Jeff. Amen. Well, Brookside, I, um, I am so excited about this vision, all three projects that we're doing Man, isn't it fun to just dream and think about what God could do, even through that care center, having that out there right there. You know, when I was uh, in elementary school, there was a kid in my school, his name is Robert, and I remember he wore the same set of clothes almost every day and the teasing that he endured because of that. And I just can't wait for us to be able to bless foster kids and other families. It's just going to be a lot of fun. You know, as, um, as we shared before, living for the city means we bless, we serve, we give, and we pray. And we've got a challenge Jeff laid out here, 30,000 hours over the next three years. I don't know, but that kind of scares me a little bit. But, you know, I was just thinking about it as Jeff shared that, uh, again, the second hour. And what good is it if, if, we, if we don't put ourselves out and risk a little bit as a church? Man, what, don't you want to be a part of something big? 
And I sure do. I'm just really looking forward to that. So I'm here to tell you a little bit about some other things that we can do as people to get involved, to help our community, to serve our city. Uh, we know that the Care Center is coming. It's obviously a couple years off. Uh, what are some things that we can do right now? So um, just to share with you, uh, first of all, um, we're going to be blessing Castellar with uh, coats. And as just mentioned, uh, Castellar is always one or two in elementary schools serving families that are struggling financially, like either the, the most needy school or the second most needy school. So we're going to be donating to them hats, gloves, coats, new. We're going to buy them new things. We're going to donate them. Starts next week. And if you get a donation, maybe as a family you go out and buy something the same age as one of your kids. But drop them off in the upper lobby, and we'll be doing that for three weeks. And then, uh, as uh, Jeff mentioned, we're going to be experimenting with doing a brand new thing for us as a church, and that's Urban Plunges. There's going to be three in the spring. There's some for adults that don't have kids, and there's some for families. And what you want to pay attention to is that the deadline for that, for some of those, two of those trips, is actually in December. So that's going to sneak up quick on us. And then uh, Open Door Mission, our Saturday serve, is just around the corner in two weeks on November 14th. Um, and then I was going to share also just, you know, it's been so much fun to work with Castellar, and I think the principal is actually going to be here in a few weeks. But, um, you know, I've walked through that school before and uh, had uh, uh, teachers I don't even know rush up to me and give me a hug. And I'm like, if you know me, I'm not a person that usually embraces people and hugs, and particularly people I don't know. And it's been so much fun, though, for teachers just to grab me and to say, thank you for caring about these kids in need, because they care about their kids that they teach. And they're, they're so impressed that the church in the community would care about their kids and give them coats. I've also had teachers tell me that, you know, there's a number of staff, faculty and staff that are, feel like Christians are, are mostly hypocrites, and they're very cynical. But the fact that we've been doing these things for them really has shown them that, uh, you know, Christians can be a part of the community and help. I'm so excited about that. We're going to be doing a carnival in April. We'd really encourage you. We need about 100 volunteers. So that's another thing that you could volunteer for. Use that uh, tear-off, that flap on the program. Uh, leave it on the tables as you're leaving, and uh, we'll get you signed up and give you more information. Uh, just a couple other things uh, before we go. And that is, uh, we're selling t-shirts, $3 each. They're awesome. Uh, so you can grab that a couple different places in the building. And then if you've got any questions about the projects, about this initiative, uh, we've got a brand new website. It's been mentioned a couple times, brooksideforthecity.net. And it's been fun. We've been throwing your uh, selfies up there as well. A lot of things go ahead and explore through there. And then if you weren't here last week, we want to make sure that every household has a bag of resources that explains this initiative. And we've got them. The host team has them on your way out. Make sure to grab one of those. And if you need a, a cling, a mirror cling for your My5, you can get those as well. So guys, we're going to have a great week. Please come back next Sunday. Make sure to live for the city. And I think Rob's going to play us out.